0: Today we're discussing uh, dual residency uh, and dual residency as opposed to non-resident or, ta- or, or, or tax resident uh, for expats. So we want to look at this specific issue um, for expats living and working abroad. So you either a tax, you, everyone has to have a tax resident somewhere. You have to be a tax resident in the UK or tax resident in uh, another country. Uh If there's a double taxation treaty between those countries, then that allows uh, for relief from some UK taxes or from overseas taxes uh, and any taxes at source. So those are the issues that we're looking at um, today and and trying to uh, identify what are the issues for an expat living and working abroad. Um, Domicile is part of it. If your domicile is the UK, um, then you've got a lifetime liability to a certain types of inheritance tax and capital gains tax. Um, the next level down from domicile is nationality. So if you're British national and you're spending any time in the UK, then you're always going to be liable uh, for dual taxation on a dual residency basis. Uh, If you want, if you're uh, a British uh, expat, you spend any time in the UK, you want to avoid UK tax, there has to be a double taxation treaty between the country that you uh, stay in and and the country that, and and the UK country. So any time in the UK, uh, as a UK national, during a year, leaves you liable to tax, unless there's a double taxation between the two countries. Um, if there isn't uh, a double taxation treaty and if you're getting taxed at source in your other country uh, of, of of residence, uh, tax residents, without a double taxation treaty, then um, the, the situation that we've got is that you can potentially claim a tax credit against the UK tax. So you should be ta- uh, taxed uh, as as a UK citizen at the uk's highest tax rates where there's no double taxation treaty um, with potentially uh, the best relief to claim a tax credit against the uk tax liability not not the overseas liability so these are these are issues to consider um not all double taxation treaties are the same uh, there are significant differences in the way they treat income earnings uh, gains, profits, royalties, uh, dividends, uh, a, a property rental income, uh, and inheritance taxes. So all those things, all those different treatments that you might enjoy in a different jurisdiction, can come home to bite if you get caught under a, a, a dual residency uh, tax assessment. So l- let's have a look at some of the um, the, the differences on that uh, if if you're um, let me start again the definition for a tax residence is very very clear if you live in a country for 183 days then you become a tax resident in that country as a UK national uh, if you spend any time in the UK then you're potentially subject to uh, a dual taxation assessment now if there's a double taxation treaty between the two countries that gives you um, uh, a, a, an ability uh, and within that double taxation treaty there are tie-breaking rules to assess whether you are uh, taxable for that income or that gain or that profit in your uh, in, in one country or the other and um, And and those are all covered under the Double Taxation Treaty. Um, If there's no clear distinction between the two, then there's a set of rules that come in to provide uh, a resolution of that. And and those can be applied uh, starting in the tax return you're completing as as an expat uh, and non-residence. And those rules... um, are quite definitive and progressive, and, and allow a resolution to minimise any double taxation, and for a UK expat to make sure that they're paying the lowest amount of tax possible, uh, and saving uh, in consideration of the time that they're spending in, in the UK. So, how how are how are sort of uh, the dual residency rules defined? How are they resolved? So uh, the OECD is the international organization that creates these tax rules and creates the draft double taxation treaties, but each one is slightly different, but it includes ways to establish and settle differences between the two. Now they may be contained within the double taxation and and agreement and quite clear, But then when you go beyond to the next level uh, and you're trying to get a decision whether you're making this decision in a court uh, a tax tribunal or appeals or whether you make it on the tax return these are the factors that the tax man is looking at first of all is looking at where is your permanent home so where are you continuing living in so um in fact, now, post-Brexit, you know, it, it's tightened up for EU expats within the EU. It's that, and it's a true for most countries, you've got to have a permanent residence for your business or for your family in that country of residence for you to become a, a tax resident there. Um, and per, having a permanent home is the first criteria of becoming a tax person in that jurisdiction so that is the first test so where is your permanent home but some expats will have a home in two or three or, or, or more countries um, and so if the permanent home rule doesn't work there isn't a definitive place it then comes about where where the, the center of the uh, family and business interests are so where's the family living where's the business base where's the economic uh, activity arising from, and and that can give the uh, authorities, or that can demonstrate in the tax return that we do for clients, that the the earnings are from abroad in the expat country of tax residence, and that the UK trip is a short holiday or short business trip, and the economic activity is not the UK, and therefore the tax should be uh, payable and accessible in the expat country. So that centre of interest is, is a key point to argue to defend an expat's uh, non-resident status in the UK. If it fails, then the next line that the uh, uh, ex, uh, that the UK will use is its habitual habits. Okay. Now, if you want to live um, as some people used to do in, in the north of France and Jersey, and and travel into the UK for the working week uh, for some of the year and avoid uh, tax like that, it doesn't work anymore. If you're um, frequently traveling to the UK habitually, uh, then you can still be considered to be dual residents. So if you've got a business interest in the UK and you're traveling regularly every month, every week or twice a month or whatever, uh, then that that habit and routine to manage your economic affairs in the UK can deem you to be resident in the UK. And when you are dual resident, potentially you can pay tax at the highest rate in that jurisdiction. <clears throat> and then the final criteria would be nationality. So it, it, if, if it's not clear um, whether you're a tax resident or not, By default, the UK have always got this extra hold on UK expats, uh, that their nationality would define that they're liable for those UK taxes. Uh, For a a non-UK expat living and working in the UK, they wouldn't have that uh, constraint with the UK, but they'd have that constraint with their home country, be that Denmark, Cyprus, uh, Portugal, uh, or USA which I haven't said USA, because they, they do treat people differently, but that's not for this, this webinar. So that, that, those are the four steps that the um, a double taxation treaty and international rules it, it determines whether somebody uh, is taxed in one country or another, whether the expat is, in uh, which country they're liable for the tax taxing, where the permanent home is, where the centre of interests are, where they habitually uh, live and work, and and what their nationality are. So let's have a look at some more examples of how junior nationality has has a big impact. Uh, The USA have got special rules for their citizens, and we're not discussing that here. Um, But under the new uh, OECD double taxation treaties, the standard draft, uh, over the last five years, countries have been able to establish new agreements. And for example, Cyprus and the UK now have a new double taxation treaty that was re-signed in 2018 and came into effect in 2019. Uh, there's a number of significant differences on this. and But the main thing is, is that a government service pension arising uh, from any country, primarily of your nationality, usually, but, um, it is taxed in a country from which it's paid. So if you're a retired UK expat and you go to live and work abroad um, in a country with a double taxation treaty, a, a latest format, then potentially your government pension is going to be taxed at source uh, back in the UK. Now, I'm going to use the example of Cyprus uh, for, for this exercise, uh, but we can help our clients in lots of different ways. We offer free reviews for all new inquiries at productpartnership.com. Um, so w- with Cyprus, if you've got a government service pension from 2019 under the double taxation treaty is taxed back in the UK. Now there's a transition period uh, which ends at 2024, um, but let's ignore that for now. Um, But anybody who's still being taxed in the old way, that will end by 2024, 25. Under the double taxation treaty, if you've got a a government service pension, it will be taxed in the UK. Now, if your government service pension in the UK, and we're talking about military, civil service, NHS, uh, uh, local authority, anything that's paid for by the government, if it's twelve and a half thousand a year, that's your personal allowance. So as an expat, you're not going to pay any UK tax. But if um, uh, 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 your pension is 125000 a year, then obviously you're going to be paying 40% tax in the UK um, and, and potentially start eating into your personal allowance so, um, for, for, for that pension income. And there's no avoiding that. If you've got a government service pension, as an expat, it is going to be taxed in the UK if you're living and working abroad in a country with a modern-day double taxation agreement under the latest OECD rules, it's vice versa for Cyprus uh, as well, uh, and, and that's all. The good news for UK expats is that that uh, uh, government service pension does not need to be declared on on the reciprocal double taxation treaty. So UK expat who becomes fully tax resident under a double taxation treaty in a second jurisdiction and gets a government service pension. They don't declare it on their tax return in in their tax resident country. So that government service pension doesn't need to be declared in Cyprus. And therefore, it's not taxed in Cyprus. Uh, And you still get the Cyprus personal allowance of uh, around about £17,000. So... Um, the advantage of this system is if you've got mixed income sources, uh, you've got the twelve and a half thousand UK personal allowance and a, a seventeen thousand pound Cyprus personal allowance uh, before you you get taxed. It depends upon the mix of your income. If all your income is government service pensions, you're going to be all taxed in the UK, no matter where you're living and working uh, abroad. Uh, but it does get does give some options. Um, having said that, there's different types of income as well. Um, and uh, other types of income in the UK could be taxed, it could be fixed to the UK and taxed there. So if a capital gain or, or um, a property rental income or property capital gain arises, they're fixed incomes which should be taxed in the UK. or or, or in Cyprus, so those things need to be considered as well. So there's always this element of dual tax, dual residency, dual taxation, brought about by nationality and and where the assets are. Um, Another consideration with Cyprus is is on foreign income. So if you're living and working abroad and you're working uh, from a, a Cyprus tax base, so you could be working in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, uh, UAE, you could be working in Africa or, or Asia, but your, your home and your tax, tax residence is in Cyprus. Uh, then some additional interesting options uh, open up. Um, you can have your, um, if you're based in the Middle East, for example, very attractive tax regimes, but uh, if you wanted a residency, in Cyprus, you could do that. If you're living and working abroad uh, from Cyprus for more than 90 days a year, but you are a Cyprus tax resident, you don't pay any tax on that foreign income. So if you're earning money out of Africa or out of Asia, uh, that's not declarable when you're a Cyprus tax resident. And uh, the only things that Cyprus will tax you on is income and gains and profits are rising in Cyprus. So it's something to consider uh, if you need a a, a flexible uh, tax residence for your worldwide consulting or or contracting business. Cyprus can be very uh, tax efficient to allow you to go in, do short jobs in one country, uh, be a Cyprus tax resident, but not pay tax in Cyprus or in a country where you're doing the job. Um, so, under dual residency, what type of reliefs can you get? Um, well, it's quite obvious, you can get full relief, you can get no relief, and you can get a, a bit in between. And so the, we, we talked about the fact that if if you're a tax resident in another country with a double taxation treaty and it allows tax to be applied elsewhere, then, then you can be taxed in the other country. However, if you've got some fixed income in, in, the, in, in the UK or, or your other tax country, that will always be taxed there. Uh, if you're spending any time in the UK, you're potentially opening yourself up to dual taxation residency if there's no double taxation treaty you will be applied those taxes in in, in any case um, income like dividends and bank interest um, they're they're movable so that they're they are taxed where you receive them not where they're paid but if you've got crypto gains or investment gains they're taxed where the gains arise So if you're investment portfolio is in the uk that's where the tax will pay, be paid if you've got a pension um, uh, based in the uk that will be taxed from the uk um, and uh, unless you you have some arrangement under a double taxation treaty um, if you're um are not meeting the non-residence rules then you're opening yourself up to uh, potential uh, taxable liabilities and therefore you need to meet the, the joint constraints and so we can do that in a number of different ways so um th- but that means considering uh, your tax residence and your non-residence and and the conditions uh, about your nationality uh your centers of interest of your family and your business and your economics and where your permanent home is uh, as well as where habitually you're, you're living and working from. Um, that, that gives expats two options. It gives them the, the option to make more money um, abroad and pay less tax uh, back in the UK. Um, but if you want the flexibility of, of being in the UK and earning salaries from abroad or being a nomad, we need a tax residence somewhere, and it may mean that you're going to pay some tax on, on some or all of the income in the UK. For more information and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. We offer a, a free review to all new inquiries that we receive uh, uh, from people, and you can subscribe as a retained client um, and get advice online and consultations on, online. Uh, with, with me and the team. Um, if you need more help, we, we, we can offer full up, full services around a tax planning, and tax saving and, and residency for expats living and working abroad. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe down below to the channel, uh, to share it with your friends and we'll see you again next time. Thank you. The Proact Know How, brought to you by Proact always gets me that i have to double click to stop the uh, stop the show thanks for listening anyway